put a 10k at the end of the at the end of the brick where the first mile might be fast second mile is a little easier maybe zone two and then repeat that that triathlon show episode 90 Welcome to another episode of That Triathlon Show, the podcast presented by scientifictriathlon.com. I'm your host, Michael, and on today's episode, we talk about run training for triathletes and training for and racing duathlons and why triathletes should give it a go. My guest today is Eric Schwartz. He has raced triathlons and duathlons at an elite level for 16 years and has been coaching triathletes and duathletes since the year of 2000. He ran competitively at Indiana University, and in 2004, he won the U.S. Duathlon National Championships. And he's also the host of the popular Triathlete Training Podcast, which is a good one. It's one of the first triathlon podcasts that I started listening to, and and I think I've listened to every single episode, so that tells you something about it. In the first part of today's interview, we talk about run training for triathletes, And in the second part, it's duathlon training and racing. And I know based on surveying the scientifictriathlon.com readers and subscribers that running is something that a lot of triathletes struggle with, which is, uh, you know, swimming is something that everybody knows that that is a challenge for many triathletes that have learned swimming as adults. But running is something that I was a bit surprised still that it's such a big challenge for many, but it really is. So it's good that we address it now. It's actually pretty poor planning on my part to wait 19 episodes until we talk about it, about running specifically. My apologies for that. And uh, it's uh, particularly weird given that running is my favorite subject to talk about. Probably it's the favorite uh, sport for me of the free triathlon sports. But let's make it right in just a minute in the interview. Just a quick word about duathlon before that so that you don't tune out at this point because you think that, well, duathlon... That's uh, not something that I'm interested in. I just want to say it's crazy that so many triathletes have never done a duathlon because it's such an exciting sport. I really encourage you to listen all the way through and actually go and have a look around if there are any local duathlons that you can try out. I'm 100% sure that you won't regret it. Actually, one of my athletes, Sarah, just yesterday by the time this show comes out, raised a 3k run 17k bike 3k run duathlon so sarah i hope you did well when this show does come out we will know i'm recording this uh, a bit ahead of time but i know you listen to this so i don't know whether to say good luck or well done but uh, yeah i hope it goes well and we'll talk about this later yeah back to duathlons i mean they're super intense and it can really take you by surprise when you do them the first time so be prepared for that i know it did take me by surprise when i did my first duathlon which wasn't exactly a soft start either it was the national championships here in finland so so it was all guns blazing from the start and i was knackered after it so yeah but fun i really really enjoyed it and i'm definitely going to do more of them and uh, it's uh, a shame that the duathlon scene is so limited here in finland but i know that you Many of you that are listening from, for example, the UK or the United States, you have a much bigger duathlon scene, so go and check it out. All right, I've had you wait for long enough for the interview with Eric Schwartz, so let's jump right into the interview. 
welcome to the show, Eric. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. And uh, as I told you before we started recording, I'm a little under the weather, so hopefully I make it through this without too much coughing and hacking during the interview. Yeah, let's hope that and I hope you get better soon. So anything you want to fill in on, on that bio in addition to what I already said? I don't race seriously anymore. I, I retired from serious racing in 2005, but I did duathlons. I did triathlons. I liked the Ironman distance. I did some bike racing and uh, just all types of racing. Yeah. And uh, is it true? Well, I remember you saying in one podcast episode that you, if there was one discipline that was your strongest, it was your run off the bike specifically. And is that still uh, your take on your strength or your greatest? Yeah, strength? especially in the heat. I mean, I loved... I loved racing in the heat. I loved during Ironman Hawaii. I did it three times. And when I got off the bike uh, in Hawaii, like I just, I lived for that. And if, if there was one thing I could do over and over again, I think it would be that marathon in Ironman Hawaii in the heat. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great, great to have your, your niche nailed down about what you're really, really yeah. great about. Yeah, unfortunately, you can't make a living off of just one segment of, a, of one race in a triathlon. But if I could, that would be it. Yeah, yeah. So let's dive into the main topic, which is uh, running for triathletes or one of the main topics. And, and let's start with uh, run training. And uh, kind of generally, what's your take on run training for triathletes and split it to like the beginner segment of the audience and the more advanced segment? What, what are the most important things that you if you were to list a few things about run training that that people should consider? I think the most important thing that um, applies to triathletes of all levels, running, I feel like it has to be, you have to be more consistent in it than any other sport because it can drop off pretty quickly if you don't run and your risk of injury gets higher if you don't run. So the biggest thing is to be consistent year round with your running. And uh, I mean, that applies to duathletes, triathletes, good runners and bad runners. If, if you're a good runner, you'll, you'll pick up your running more quickly. But I think that's the one key thing that you need to do. So what would you say, how, how often would you run as a pretty serious triathlete? And if you're more of a beginner, let's say you do 10 workouts a week, how many runs would you do then? And, and if you're more of a beginner triathlete and do, and do five, six workouts, how many of those would be runs? Um, if you're doing 11 to 12 hours a week, or 11 to 12 workouts a week, maybe four running. If you're doing five to six, I would say minimum of two running. Uh, I mean, it's hard if you just if you if you only run two times a week, it's hard to get much better. Unless you're brand new to the sport, you're gonna get better. But if you're if you're new, if you're just doing triathlon because you want to train and do a race, then you can get by and do the minimum. And you want to keep it fun. You might not want to train all the time, so twice a week would be fine. And a lot of people in that position, they find they might be they want to do just one race and and say they've done one. But other people might say, I loved it and I want to do more. And then you're just gonna have to do more running uh, to get better at your running. Right. And what if you do, you do have four runs a week, how, how do you structure those runs? Well, do you have specific patterns that you follow with a, a couple of quality workouts, a long run and an easy run, or, or what would you prescribe in that case? If you're doing four runs a week, it would vary a little bit whether you're in season or out of season, but one's got to be your long run. One is probably going to be an easier run and two of them are going to have intensity and the intensity that you have is going to depend on the, on the time of year. So if it's closer to your race, your intensity is going to be nearer to race pace intensity or faster. And if it's, if it's more off season, it can be zone three or zone four. Like if you're using Joe Friel type zones, which would be moderate intensity or a little faster. All right. And uh, then what's the difference between the different distances? Obviously there's going to be quite a big difference in how you train for your run, depending on whether your goal is a, a sprint distance triathlon or an Ironman. So can you break that up for us? Yeah. I mean, both of them, regardless of the, of the distance, they require you to be, I mean, to be, if you have good run fitness, it can translate into any of those distances. 
And that's the key. And that goes back to being more consistent year round with your run fitness, if you're able to do that. And if, if you want to do that and just training for an Ironman, you're going to need longer bricks. You're going to need longer runs where, you know, as, as long as two hours, some people go more. I tend to not to be so heavy on the long runs as, as far as going really long. And if you're going for shorter triathlon, like, like a sprint triathlon or a Olympic distance triathlon, you just, you need more race race intensity or faster, which can also be helpful for the longer races also. But um, to get a little more specific, if you're training for a sprint distance that might end with a 5K run or a 10K run, like one thing I like to do in bricks, because a lot of people, the run is pretty challenging for them and it'll have a big impact on their time. So you got to be ready to run a 5K off the bike or a 10K off the bike. So you can do bricks where you're, you're doing, ending with a 5K run or a 10K run and mix in intensity. And like if it's a 10K run at the end i like to sometimes especially for people who aren't as good runners put a 10k at the end of the brick where the first mile might be fast second mile is a little easier maybe zone two and then repeat that so you got mile one three and five are faster and mile two four and six might be zone two mm, that's really interesting i haven't really heard about that kind of brick workout before but that, yeah that sounds sounds really useful so you know, you- yeah it is and i feel like you know i'm thinking of athletes specifically where the run, they might be a, a decent swimmer and a, and a better cyclist where they struggle more on the run and endurance, even if they train a lot, like they struggle to maintain in the, in the, in a 10 K run and they can lose a lot of time. I feel like that's a good workout for those people where if, if you're a really good runner, you might not need those workouts specifically because you'll get a lot of benefit just from doing fast run workouts like on the track. And those, will, those might translate for you better into the Olympic distance. Yeah. Okay. So do you, so is it specifically for those that are a bit less prominent runners that you would prescribe a lot of brick workouts with uh, a pretty heavy emphasis on the run in those brick workouts, or do you prescribe would, brick workouts for, for everybody? A lot? Uh, I do them for everybody. I mean, as a rule of thumb, I do them once a week, but it depends, but the work, but the athletes who struggle a little more on the run where it might be their weakness is they get closer to their a race, maybe in the six weeks before I will, I will mimic the race distance more often and get get closer to um, race pace intensity to help those athletes. Okay. And what's your take on run technique? How do you factor that into your training? That I don't, I don't have a good answer, you know, because I, I hear so many people with conflicting advice and it's not something I focus on as maybe as much as I should with, with other people. A lot of athletes also I coach, like I'm doing it online or over a distance. So it's harder for me to work on. So I can't claim to be an expert in that. If you've listened to my podcast, you might have heard people give conflicting advice about run technique. And uh, so I don't, have, I don't have the magical answer for, uh, for good running technique. I think overall, if you become a better runner, your running technique will improve. But I, I don't have a magical answer for that. Okay. Well, that's a good and honest answer. So, yeah. and, and I think that there, might, there is research to show that there are many, many different ways of running that can be very, very efficient. You, Paula Radcliffe, uh, the world marathon record holder on the female side, is famous for that, having a, a running form that looked uh, a bit odd, but she was very, very efficient and obviously the fastest woman by far to have ever run the marathon. Right. So let's move on to the second topic of the day, duathlons. Do you think that triathletes should do more duathlons and are they, is it beneficial to combine the two? Let's say you might do duathlons earlier in the season when, when those are around and, or how does that work? Do you need to really focus on one or the other? I don't think it's a necessity for a triathlete to do duathlons to, to be good, but they can, 
force you to get in shape a little bit easier if, if you do some early in the season where there aren't any triathlons and they can help you. But one thing they do help with and point out more is something that benefits all athletes is pacing. And I feel most runners in general, I mean, 95% plus are just not good with pacing. And if you mess up your pacing in a duathlon, you'll have to pay a bigger price because you're going, most duathlons are going run, bike, run. And if you mess up your pacing, it will, it will have a bigger price, bigger cost for you. And um, I mean, I feel like you could write a book and say, what's the biggest secret in running to make you faster? And, and it could be, I mean, the easiest secret in running to make you faster. I feel like it's good pacing and still everybody could read it. And still 90% of athletes would not pace themselves correctly. And <laughs> I mean, that goes back to your workouts, to your racing and just wanting to do it. And, it, and so if you're doing duathlons and let's just say it's a 5K, 30K, 5K, you've got to pace each uh, mile or each kilometer evenly to have an optimal race. And that often means that you feel like you're running too easy. But if you pace yourself correctly, you will finish faster and the race will have felt easier. So that's one thing that, that any, any person could get out of doing duathlons. Would you say that you have to pay the most for uh, incorrect pacing uh, in, uh, in the, the bike segment or the second run of a duathlon? Or how does that Well, the first run is more, more important for the pacing. I mean, the second, I would say, is probably going to be the bike because, um, I mean, that's such a big chunk of the race. So if I, if I were to choose between the bike and the second run, I would say the bike. And that's where having a power meter can make a huge difference from knowing how to pace yourself. And again, like you can have it and know you should pace yourself correctly, but for whatever reason, people, people just don't do it. And once you get that, then you'll, you'll just become faster and your racing will become easier. Mm. And do you tend to, if you coach an athlete, have them based on specific target workouts, set a goal pace that they, they should kind of hold and obviously they can stray from it at some point if they feel, feel really, really good, but, but do you set those target paces really carefully or, or do you, or is it a bit a broader, broader window opportunity that you have to for your pacing? I would say in the actual workouts, I don't necessarily give that specific pace. It could be, you know, do this workout at your goal pace for the first 5K of this duathlon that's coming up. The other thing is to work on that, I like athletes to do 5Ks and 10Ks earlier in the season or, you know, in, in parts of their schedule where they don't have as much going on because that's, that's another chance to get them to pace and to point out you know, how, how good are you at your pacing? And I find it's hard for athletes where, where running is their, not their favorite sport. They're still reluctant to do those races, but I feel like it's, it's good for them. One, it, it gives them a benchmark to see where they are, but two, it's a good chance to work on their pacing. Yeah. Do you have any other specific race tips for duathlons other than pacing? Pacing, good transitions, which are important for any race, but the shorter the race, the, the more important they become. Fuel correctly for longer races, especially. And one other tip that works for both duathlon and triathlon, if, if you're a good runner, if, if running is a big weakness, this probably won't make much of a difference, but you could still try it. And, and it goes, it's counterintuitive to my thing about good pacing is, is start out of trans, your second transition really fast. And uh, I feel like that just gets your legs moving and is more likely to result in a better second run if you start out fast. If you're going to have a good race, it makes a difference. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's totally counterintuitive to everything I said about pacing. <laughs> yeah, no, but I get it. I, I actually get the same advice from my coach. Start out fast yeah, for triathlons, that is, but, but it's still the same, the same advice. Start fast and, and try, to, try to hold it, especially start with fast cadence, really fast yeah, feet. I think that's what makes a big difference. I wouldn't recommend that for a half Ironman or an Ironman, but for a shorter race, I would definitely recommend that. 
Yeah. So what if you want to target a duathlon specifically? You, as a former U.S. national champion, you did you target that specifically, I guess, in, uh, in that year, 2004, when you won it? Or did you no. have triathlon races? Yeah, I, I was doing triathlons. Um, and one thing I didn't do well in my career was just focus on one sport. So I was best at duathlons and the Ironman distance because swimming was a weakness for me. So in 2004, when I won nationals, I think maybe the two years prior, I'd finished second or third at nationals. And Greg Watson, an American, had always beaten me. I mean, he was just, he was generally better unless maybe it was a draft legal race. I might've had an advantage of him, but he was an excellent cyclist. And if my running was really on, I could outrun him. But um, in 2004, I was training for Ironman Wisconsin. And I, that year got a slow start, but I was training with uh, Gordo Byrne and uh, Klaus Bjorling, who I think is from Switzerland or Sweden, I forget. And I was doing a lot of training for Ironman, focusing on Ironman Wisconsin. And I wasn't going to go to duathlon nationals. They were in Atlanta. And I don't, honestly, I don't remember why that was 12 years ago, but uh, just on an email conversation with somebody like four days before the race, they're like, oh, you might as well just go do it. So I did it. I booked my trip last minute and ended up winning. So I was glad I was able to, to, to get that before the end of my career. Yeah, well, that's, that sounds perfect uh, to get that. You didn't have the pressure, really. You had, had just a few days. So, yeah, yeah and, I, you know, I, I was really surprised by that answer, to be honest. I, I was sure that you, having won the national team, must have targeted it really specifically and trained for it a lot, but apparently not. No, I didn't. You know, it was, um, it was a draft legal race. It was an ITU had, I don't think they have any, any ITU duathlons now, but it was an ITU, maybe a World Cup race or something. And uh, Greg Watson, who always won it, he was at the ITU Long Course World Championships somewhere in Europe the week before, and it was a really long course race. And uh, so he flew back and he did this race, but his leg, he, he won, but his legs were shot. So, uh, I mean, it, beating him wasn't, wasn't difficult in that race. Yeah, right. But so let's say that you are targeting a duathlon specifically, maybe your national championships or whatever race it is. Um, how would you then structure your tra training? You you're on a hiatus from, from triathlon basically and, and you focus solely on duathlon. How is that different from triathlon training? Except no swimming, of course, but... Yeah, I mean, dropping your swimming training for a lot of people will just immediately, they'll get a little bit faster just because they have more energy. And um, I mean, to target it, you, you've got to... The run will be is, is usually more important. Not always. It depends a little bit on the mix of races. But um, I mean, your running really has to get in good shape and your pacing has to be good. Um, so, but I would say you got to add more, more running and more race intensity running. Um, if it's, if for some reason it's the duathlon world championships and uh, they do have draft legal now, then, then that makes the run even more important. But so add more runs to your workouts. And so that could be two, two intense run workouts a week, depending on, depending on your level and depending on the week. And then it could be a brick that also has run intensity and then your, your cycling, just like triathlon, has to be just more time trial focused. But I think if you drop one, the thing that you can add more of is running as opposed to more cycling, and, and you'll get more benefit from that. Mm. And when you do your brick workouts for duathlon, do you do run, brick, run, run bike workouts as well, or do you do, still do mostly bike run workouts? Most are bike run, but sometimes run, bike, run, especially as you're getting close to your key race. I like doing run, bike, run workouts, or sometimes it'll be a bike run with high intensity and then a brick and then a bike run. So it could be something like um, you do your warm up, and uh, like the first 
first bike might be 15 minutes at zone four to five and then one mile fast and then a five minute break and then repeat that. And sometimes when I repeat it, the second bike is a little shorter, but that that's a, that's a re- workout. That's not in the bike run format, just the simple bike run brick format that I like to do. Yeah. That's a, a bit like when I targeted my triathlon race, it was just a two week focus period at the end of my triathlon season this year. But one workout that I remember was, just warming up on the bike and then doing like threshold intervals on the bike. But in between I had 800 meter repeats. So I just took my trainer to, to the track and set it up next to the track and, and did the bike there and then took a couple of laps in between for those hard, hard runs. In, and, and then there was some recovery on the, on the bike after, immediately after the 800s. But, but they were, the 800s were always preceded by some threshold work on the bike. So that was really hard, but, but really useful as well. Yeah, I feel like those are underutilized, but really helpful for new athletes. Yeah. All right. So anything else you want to add about duathlons or should we move on to the rapid fire question segment? No, I just say, if you haven't done a duathlon, go ahead and do one and, and they're fun. A lot of people say they're, they're harder, but it might, if you're, if running is your weakness, it might give you more, more reason to focus on your running just to get better. Yeah, that's good. And I agree. Definitely go do one. So the rapid fire question segment, this is where I ask short and sweet questions and you provide short and sweet answers. So okay. let's start with What's your favorite book, blog, or resource related to triathlon or duathlon? That's an easy one. Joe Friel's blog and uh, his triathlete's training Bible. Excellent answer. And what's your favorite piece of gear or equipment? I'll give you two again, even though you asked for one. GPS device, just so you know how fast and how far you're running, and um, a power meter, if you can afford it. What's a personal habit that's helped you achieve triathlon, duathlon success? As a runner... I ran in college. It was just starting to run twice a day. I mean, that made a huge difference in my running. And that's not practical for, for a lot of people now, you know, based on the training time or doing three sports. But as a multi-sport athlete, when I was racing full-time living in Boulder, it was just eating a better diet, a balanced diet. And for some reason, eating a, spinach, a big spinach salad with cut-up vegetables always makes me feel better. And I, I still try and include that in my diet. I don't know why, but it, it just works for me. Sounds good. And what's your favorite race? I think I know this one. Well, I'll say two, and they're similar. Buffalo Springs Lake, uh, half Ironman in Lubbock, Texas, and Ironman Hawaii, both nice, hot, long races. And finally, what do you wish you had known or wish you had done differently at some earlier point in your triathlon journey? The biggest thing was um, I trained mostly year-round, but I, until late in my career, I did my, my running or my training intensity was just too low in the off-season where I could have been doing more zone three and, and four work just so, I mean, I felt like I would have got a lot more benefit out of that just as opposed to, you know, a couple months of, of super easy training that by far would be the biggest thing. Okay. So finally, where can people find out more about you and, uh, and, uh, get to get to know you and, and connect with you. Easiest place is my podcast, Triathlete Training Podcast, and, um, also my coaching website, endurance1.com. Okay, excellent. And we'll include links to, to those resources in the show notes and everything else we mentioned on this episode. That's it. Hope you enjoyed that interview. A couple of things that stood out to me was uh, first, the frequency of run workouts. I definitely agree with Eric that if possible, being a very frequent runner that is doing uh, more workouts in your training week or your microcycles is very beneficial 
and considerably more important than being a frequent biker i think you can get away with a lot less frequent bike training than run training that being said you have to be mindful about what works for you if you are very injury prone to running you need to really start out with with short run workouts and that run walk workouts is something that i like to prescribe to injury prone athletes and uh, experiment with how you can make that frequency work for you and maybe you can't do too big a frequency if you're really injury prone but i would suggest reducing the duration of your runs instead and see how it goes that may just do the trick for you so that you can become a frequent runner and that will help you build up durability and uh, resistance to injury on the run just like eric said so the second one was uh, a new one for me so really long brick workouts even for short course training I've never done nor prescribed anything like that. So so I'm actually very interested in learning more about that and experimenting with it. So doing, for example, a 10K brick run in preparation for an Olympic triathlon. If you've done that, I'd be very curious to hear your experiences and your thoughts on, on that. So you can send me your thoughts in an email to michael at scientifictriathlon.com. And that's Michael with a K. Uh, let me know what you think. I'm really curious and uh, we can have a shout out for you and I can let the podcast listeners know what you think in a future episode. So finally, the importance of pacing. 100% agree with Eric. It's super important. And that's one of the most important things that you can work on in not just running, but any sport in triathlon. Being a good pacer can really make you gain a lot of positions, even against potentially more fit triathletes in your racing that's about it for this episode remember if you have any questions that you want answered on the podcast send me an email or send me a tweet my twitter handle is at scytriat you can go to thattriathlonshow.com for the show notes and uh, for my contact information as well if you enjoyed the show and find value in it i would really appreciate it if you go to scientifictriathlon.com forward slash rate to rate and review the podcast It only takes you a minute and it really, really helps me and helps the show. As always, thank you for listening. I really, really appreciate it. Keep training smart and keep loving triathlon.